0: Has been with us uh, for a bit, for a while, and uh, as uh, many workplaces uh, or things happening in workplaces, he has uh, unfortunately, fortunately, we don't know how we should say this, but uh, he's been transferred to uh, Port St. John's. Uh, so that is quite uh, far to the Nixon Um But what we trust in God for is, uh, in in the scriptures, God speaks of his children being like seed. That's uh, sons of the kingdom being uh, sown like seed into the world. And that where that seed falls, that something of his kingdom comes. And so we want to pray that for Jan. Um, In one sense, he's quite sad that he's going, and we too. Uh, But the fact is that uh, God is able to work um, above what he thinks or we think. And that's what I'm trusting God for, that God will do something in and through him. There, uh, the project is for 12 months. We'll see what God does in the midst of it, Uh, but let's trust and Can we just bless him? And uh, they are already leaving tomorrow morning, so um, quite a sudden uh, thing that he has to go. And uh, yeah, we want to bless you. Uh, So Father, we want to bless Jan. And just really trust, Lord, for your kingdom to come in him and through him. Uh, We pray, Lord, for your grace. We pray, Lord, for favor. Uh, We pray, Lord, for connections on that side, Lord. And where he doesn't know the place at all, Lord, we pray that you would send him to some that really needs encouragement, really needs blessing. But also, Lord, that you will allow people to come over or across his path, Lord, that would be a strength to him, that would be encouragement. And that, uh, Lord, there would be group uh, that gathers in your name, Lord, uh, uh, that he can be part of or even start, Lord. Uh, we ask, Lord, just for the blessing of your kingdom to be upon him. In Jesus' name. Bless you, Jan. Hallelujah.
1: Good morning, everybody. How's it? Uh, in the book of Proverbs, um, there's a scripture that, that says um, if you raise your voice for understanding and if you cry out for it, as you, uh, if you search for it as for hidden treasures and, 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 and as you look for it as for silver and gold, you will find the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of the all-knowing God. And I want us to position us in that thing, that we search for it together this morning. Can we do that? So in your heart, if I told you I was going to tell you something revolutionary this morning, if I told you that that what I'm going to say now, if you get it, your life will never be the same again, how would you receive it? Would you maybe take out a pen and a pencil or a writing device maybe take a photo or how would you capture if i told you that your not that your life in principle could never be the same again if you understood this if i told you something really really precious this morning but you have to get it you have to remember it it will carry you for the rest of your life can we posture ourselves like that and maybe As we are going through the various things, there's nothing that you don't have as part of your treasure yet. And then you don't write down anything. But maybe when we get to something, you say, wait, 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 wait. I need that. I need to remember this. I need to gather this. I need to be armed with this revelation of God. And then you write it down. So can we really sort of sit at the edge of our seats, be ready to receive, be good soil? You know, the Bible says our hearts are like soil, and you can have good ones and bad ones. Yeah? All right, Good soil. Father, we just come before you. And we know, Lord, that, um, that the thing that really makes a difference is where the Spirit impacts a human heart, where, where, where there's a co-laboring, and Lord, we want to we wanna contend for that thing. Holy Spirit, so as you are with us, Lord, desirous for hearts, Lord, we want to give our hearts. We say, here we are, Lord, that you would possess us, that you would hover over and consider every one of us, Lord, and that you would write, that you would, um, to some extent, make notes with us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there is not a single one here in this room right now that you don't desire, that you don't want to impact, that you don't want to lift, that you don't want to change. And Lord, we just trust you even right now, God, that we will experience that. The living God is in our midst, wanting. And Lord, I pray that in whichever way there will be a demonstration of your presence, a demonstration of your word and your kingdom. Hallowed be your name, O God. Hallowed be your name. Lord, we pray that where we are seeing you uh, imperfectly, incorrectly, or whatever, that you would draw back the curtain as it is on who you are. Amen. Right, so I'm really trusting for just that, that we will see God, and we will see Him together. I believe that is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Make a plan to remember what I'm saying now. I've asked the guys specifically, make sure that it's recording well. Is it recording? Is it working? Okay. Right. Um, at the moment, what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to Josh Jane, Paul is come to the book of Colossians. I've got treasures hidden for you. Now get the picture. My mother, my my mother likes to do past hide Easter eggs, okay? And when John and his nephews and nieces and so come, and they've hidden the the Easter eggs, there's huge excitement. They run, uh, my, my, my parents have got a fairly large garden. And so they run around, they're looking for the Easter eggs. I mean, it's this absolute, oh, look at what I've checked this. And wow, look at that. And there's this excitement as they are running through a garden where there are things hidden for them. And they've got an expectation. There are things hidden, and not just one or two, but many. And can we maybe... Look at the book of Colossians in that way and run into this garden and find the treasures that are hidden for us and share them in that way, like children sharing Easter eggs. Can we have that excitement in our hearts? I believe this is what the Lord is speaking over us. When he says, come, let's read Colossians together, he is not thinking um, discipline, line and rule. Uh, box and order. Although there is some of that. He is thinking excitement. He is thinking treasures. He is thinking unlocking. You know that, that there will be keys in Colossians that will unlock things in your life. Grace, grace, is, grace is, a, is, a, is an interesting thing. It's like you can have the whole room full of grace, but you don't access it unless you understand. It, it, it gets unlocked with understanding. All right? And, and the Lord wants to give grace now, or He wants to unlock grace that has already been given. Can I, or, or are you with me? All right, let's run into the garden. Last week, we started, and we um, basically, Ruan was, was saying, um, the, 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 we, we were looking at what God has done. And, 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 we, and Ruan was saying, especially from verse 12, what God has done, out of the book of Colossians, we see that God came to qualify us. He came to lift up those who were totally not able to qualify themselves, who were totally disqualified. And God came and he qualified us. And we were just looking at the God, not at the God, we were looking at the work of God in which he lifted us to a place where we couldn't. But if last week we looked at what the Lord was doing, this week we want to start looking at who it is that is doing. Are you with me? Okay? We were looking at what God was doing. We we're looking this weekend who the one is that is doing. And as I told Ruan, I think I don't I don't know whether we will get to the end of this. I, I really don't. So the aim of this morning is just to look and write down as you're looking. Capture in some way. Take a photo, draw something. As you are looking, as you're seeing something of God and you think, I need to remember that. I need to that's what we're going to do. So I'm not preaching for a verdict. We are just looking. Are you with me? Are, you, are we going to look together? And we'll look for a while, and then when it looks like we've we've looked enough, then we'll stop. All right. Good. How long are we looking? Half hour? Okay. Good. We start now. <laughs> I'm buying a bit of time here. Right. So we um, we're basically aiming at God. Hallowed be your name. Who knows what hallowed means? Hallowed be your name. Mag heilig word. What is that? Who knows what that means? Basically, we want to find out. Uh, so name um, is not like okay, is his name Yahweh? Is his name Jesus? Is it Jehovah? Is it Elohim? Is it, that's not what we're speaking about, okay? The name is like, how do we see the person? In this case, how do we see God? How do we see God the Father? And if we say, hallowed be your name, we are praying that we will see him for who he really is, And not for how it has been twisted and turned and marred and destroyed. And and we're looking like, and and we can't really see who God is. All right? Hallowed be your name means, God, we want to see you. And we pray that you will be seen for who you really are. Separate. Elevated. Absolute. Beautiful. Those things which he is. All right? This is what we, so the aim of our preach, hallowed be your name. Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So that is what he has done. He has qualified us. But let's consider, what is Father? We're giving thanks to the Father. So if we're looking at Father, we're looking at the God of origin. Okay, It's the origin God, the definer. The identity giver. If you say father, then we are thinking of somebody who chose or who chooses to have offspring. Alright? He does, he does not get forced into having children. He chooses. We think at the if if we if if we if we think that the father has qualified us, we are looking at a qualifier. Alright? He has qualified us. And in the context of of the gospel, it is a father who doesn't give up. So how how is John qualified to be Marty and my child? He's from us. He was born of us. He came forth from us. So he, by birth, is qualified to be our son. He is ours. But when we look at the father we look at somebody who birthed children to some extent initially then they were broken and he had to rebirth so when we look at the father who qualifies we are looking at somebody who birthed qualified and then requalified and in between there is a stretch refusing to give up, of seeing that which he has qualified being destroyed in front of his eyes, willingly them giving up their identity as children of the father and going to a different father, to some extent, hanging on to the devil as if he is their father. And, and, and our real father, the devil has never created anything. He has never cre- he's not been able to create a mosquito, but, but, but he comes and he presents himself in such a way that there's a migration by deception, a moving away from. And Father watches and doesn't give up and doesn't give up and re-qualifies. This is the God whom we serve. So he's the one recreating, remaining committed. Now, there is... Uh, 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 a word in the Old Testament used for God or the Lord. It's actually translated as the Lord, which is the most used, I think, in the Bible and definitely in the Old Testament because I looked, that, uh, looked up that part since it is Hebrew. Right, it has to be in the Bible then. Okay, so it's the, it's the word that is most used for the Lord in the Bible. What is that? Okay, a Bible school student, Hey, one Okay, it is um, the Hebrew word that would be uh, um, 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 pronounced, uh, would in principle be unpronounceable. So it's Yahweh. And then we try and say, how do we say Yahweh? Because there are no vocals. And then we say, it's possibly Yahweh. It's possibly Jehovah. It's possibly in various ways. And I'm not going into the debate. The point is, this word comes. From a root word called Haya. And Haya, we've got a Hebrew class. Did you hear that? We've got a Hebrew class this morning. So it comes from, are you making notes? We, uh, haya um, means to be independent. To be. Separate from. To be. To some extent, it is to exist independently. Haya. To be a beacon. Now, what is a beacon? Because I mean, I mean, we have to, we have to. So, a beacon. You could say the William Webster would say a beacon. Is, a beacon is a is a light on a mountain. Beacon is something with which you orientate yourself. It's any object by which you can position yourself. All right. Um, a beacon would be would be it would be in the sea, warning of danger. Would be or, But in principle, Ha Ya, and our God Yahweh means the one who independently is, and by that is the beacon, all right? He is our beacon God. That is the, that is the, that is, so, so everything orientates itself, finds its position from Yahweh, all right? This is, are you still with me? So when we consider this beacon father, the one who defines, the one who orientates, the one who helps us find our position, then we read in verse 13, he, our beacon father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us, delivered from, transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. A beacon, origin, independent father has come and delivered and transferred. Now, if he has transferred us into a kingdom by implication, we are engaged to a king. All right? There will be no kingdom. He will have no kingdom if Jesus is not king. I know it's elementary, but let's remember that. We are engaged to a king, and it says he is beloved. What that says about our Jesus is the following. He's very, very, very special to the Father. He's very special to the Father. A little bit later, we will, we will see that, I don't know if we're going to get to it today, but all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him he's very special to the father and if he is so special to the father that all the fullness of god is pleased to dwell in him it means that 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 if we are struggling with like oh it's so boring to be in jesus can we just say we've got no idea who jesus really is We haven't got the faintest of clues if God can pick any place that he wants to be, any place where he wants to distribute who God is, where his glory wants to dwell. He could be amongst the stars. He could be at the river. He could be on the mountaintops. He could be anywhere, but he's pleased to dwell in his entire fullness in the sun. And so if Jesus says, you must abide in me, he's not inviting us into a small space. He's inviting us into an Infinitely large, beautiful, beautiful place. The beloved son is very, very dear to the Father. What um, what also stands out for me when I when I when I consider that, that Jesus is the Son. Is that um, this 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 person into whom God is inviting us is not a is not a distantly related to the to the Godhead. He's inviting us into a very near relative, like the immediate offspring. It's like the 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 one who is right there. It's like they are like this. Um, when he's when he's when he's communicating, when he's inviting, when he's paying through, it's like we are brought into one who is very near. He's the son. Of the Father. He's, he's beautifully close and, uh, and very, very dear. Now, um, if we just look at that verse 13, by implication, when we come to God, we are coming to a deliverer. Okay? He has delivered us. It means He is, so what, is what is needed be, be before you need deliverance? What, what needs to happen before somebody can deliver you? There needs to be, you need to be captive in some way. There needs to be danger in some way. There needs to be trouble in some way. You cannot be delivered from, from nothing, right? So, so we have to be in a place where there's really big trouble before we need a deliverer. You don't have to come and save me if I'm not in trouble, all right? Um, uh, 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 the, the, the girl is not impressed if the guy comes to save her from nothing. It's like leave me. I'm not. I'm not lost. <laughs> don't deliver me from no no enemy. All right. But the God who is our deliverer. Obviously, we 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 don't speak this morning from a from a from a point of zero. We know what has happened. We know we were to some extent in big big trouble, and somewhere the devil was in this. All right. When we speak deliverer. Um, when we speak liberator, we are speaking of a conqueror who is unstoppable. All right? Before they can, there's a verse where, where, where Jesus says, um, when there is a strong man who's got stuff in his house, okay, he will not allow somebody else to come and take the stuff from that house. No, he'll, he'll guard it, he'll, he'll strengthen it, he'll reinforce it, and he'll make sure No one takes my stuff. That's how a strong man does and deals with it and continues to deal with it until someone stronger comes. And that's the only uh, exception to the rule. Before someone stronger comes, nothing escapes the house. Nothing goes away. Nothing is taken. And that context in which Jesus speaks it, he speaks of uh, how people are delivered. I say, when a demon has got you, unless there's a demonstration of more power, nothing happens. Okay? For us to be delivered from the domain of darkness, there needs to be a deliverer who is stronger than any prison of darkness. There needs to be be somebody who is able to handle the hordes of hell. There is able, who, there, there needs to be somebody who is able to bind up, who is able to override, somebody who is able to at will go into the strong man's house and say, I do understand that you liked your place, but I am taking what I want. In this case, what was legally mine before me. That is who the deliverer is. That is who the conqueror is. If God is the deliverer who takes away the sin and the people that Satan that Satan had, was, was, was guarding, or oh, legally had right over, it means he forcefully subjected him. He came in and said, I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. A God who does just what he pleases. That is our deliverer. And, um, and by implication, he's unstoppable. If he wasn't unstoppable, he would have been stopped. Do you get that? There is no power that exists in all the universe opposing God. There is no power opposing God that is different or more than that which Satan has right now. He already was publicly challenged to give his best shot. And it wasn't enough. Okay? God already demonstrated unstoppable deliverance power when He delivered us and when He demonstrated Himself. So to some extent, we must understand when Satan got a grip, when Satan got a grip on mankind and on the universe, um, do you know why? Uh, it's, it's not really the universe. It's, it's more the um, earth and the created things of earth and so on. Do you know why he had a a, a checkmate grip uh, on us Uh, and by implication on God? Because we sold ourselves into the wrath of God by by implication. So God was checkmate because he he couldn't free us without being unjust. And Satan knew that. So he played God at his own game. He said, God, you're a just God. All right, that means you can't have your kids because that would be injustice. Checkmate. Okay. And we were caught like a wrestler is caught in some dead grip. You, you, you're bowing out because you cannot escape that grip. It was a checkmate situation which mankind, the kids of God, were finding themselves in. And by implication, because it's the, his kids, God was in a checkmate. Now, you can't, you can't wrestle God. I mean, you can't grip God and wrestle him. But you can grip his kids. And hold him hostage. Okay. So you can, you can have the richest, most powerful ruler out there. He's got all the planes and tanks and everything. But you take one of his kids and you hold the gun. And then it's checkmate for now. All right. And he needs to figure out how he's going to get you away without hurting the person. This is where the devil had God. I've got your kids hostage. What are you going to do about that? Right, so we have got a warrior who stepped into that negotiation ring um, in a in a in a way uh, in a, in a wrestling in a, in a in a in a let's call it a sly way in a wise way in a in a in a clever way. He stepped into that ring, offering himself for a greedy devil, and the, the devil just couldn't resist it. So for a moment, he loosened his grip on us because he thought, now I'll have God too, all right? And that freed us because, I mean, I'm I'm illustrating a bit. But by implication, Jesus offering himself freed us. But what happened, so, so in the natural, it looked like there's the Son of God, there's his blood flowing, these he's being executed, publicly humiliated, elevated, spat upon, beaten, everything that Jesus went through. And it seemed in the natural, because that's where the devil was looking, it seemed like it was, it was one-way traffic. His triumph was just getting better. The, 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 the humiliation of God was just getting better. He was reveling the moment, not knowing that this was... The end of a season for him. Um, and, and, and what happened actually was the, the, the truly incorruptible one, the truly blameless one, like a mighty warrior stepping into a checkmate situation and just breaking us free and positioning himself over us and shouting in the loudest, most daring way, just dare to touch them. It's it's this God who 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 is the most fearful coming to position himself over the most vulnerable and says, you dare not touch them. This is our God who has delivered us from the dominion No, the Bible teaches us that one of the problems that we had with sin is that um, that sin defined us to a place that we couldn't get free. So, so to some extent, our history of things that we've done wrong um, brought us to a place where we, on our knees, and and it's like we can't grip it. So it's it's like you're just caught in this thing, and I'm not going into the into the spiral of that. The bottom line is we were caught in a place of I can't get free, and when Jesus did that thing that I sort of illustrated now by him stepping into the ring, what he was crying out over our lives, over your and my life, is this one thing. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not define you anymore. Sin shall not dominate you anymore. That which you couldn't do, I will come and do. I will release upon a, a, a grace upon your life that what used to define you is broken. And you are free to choose again. And in this case, to choose me again. This is what God has done. So he, do you remember that when, when Cain, Adam's oldest son, was tempted with, with his brother's success, and he had to wrestle with that. God spoke to him. He warned him before the time. He says, why is your heart miffed like it is? Sin is right there at the door, but you must master it. You must dominate. You must Get a grip on it. The dilemma is, Cain had the instruction, but he did not have the ability. And it showed. And since that day, up to the very day that Jesus came, people had the instruction, but not the ability to master sin that was crouching at the door. But when our warrior stepped into that room and stood over us, He said, sin shall no longer dominate. I am empowering you to be defined by who I am rather than by what you have done. I have become your definition. Let's for a moment just stand still in a a scripture in Romans Um, 5.17. Just to consider what does it mean to be defined by the son. By one man's trespass, we're speaking of Adam, death reigned through that one. And just think for a moment, just think for a moment before, before you continue the verse. Think this, how much has death reigned in mankind since Adam? Just think for a moment, how much death has reigned. I mean, it was having a ball of a time. In every atrocity, people, uh, parents murdering... Offering, sacrificing their children. Husbands, destroying their families. Kings, just exploiting their people. Um, um, Whatever uh, greed and murder and whatsoever. Death reigned. Can, can, Can we agree that death reigned supreme for generations and to some extent still has a potential hold on people? Right? Death reigned in a supreme way. Here's the much more. If death reigned through that one man, Adam the first, much more. Say with me, much more. Okay, I, I, I did the picture. Death reigned. There is a much more that's available for you and me if we get this verse. Okay, there's much more available. What is the much more? Much more will those who receive abundance of grace And the free gift of righteousness, two things we need to receive, the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. I don't understand this. I don't expect you to. But let's see what it does say. First of all, it says, whatever death was doing, there is much more for us. Okay. Irrespective of what you suffered in your life, there is much more available for us in Christ Jesus. That is what it says there, the one man Christ Jesus. So, so irrespective of whether we understand it, just know there's more, okay? Much more. The second thing is in order to unlock the much more that is in Christ Jesus, we need to be good receivers. Two things we need to receive. We need to receive abundance of grace, and we need to receive the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness is something which you, which you receive directly from Jesus, It is when you bow your knee to the master and says, Lord Jesus, I receive what you've done at the cross. I receive your blood. I receive the righteousness of God. It means I am in the standing with God that you were in. Now, if you picture the the beloved, the very, very, very dear son of God who gave up his life for the world. And you picture how the father looks at him and how he feels about him. I mean, how proud he is about him. How, how, how glad he is to see how he embraces and holds him and doesn't want to let him go. And you understand, that righteousness is yours. In Christ Jesus, it's a major righteousness that we obtain in our older brother. It is a major position of favor and delight in God that we obtain by the blood of our brother. It's major. But there's another thing that we need to receive, and that is the grace. Life on earth uh, gets managed by grace from heaven. Unless you receive abundance of grace, you will have small life. End of story. The Bible teaches us that there is no gift, no good, no perfect gift, Nothing that we've received that is good, that has not come from the throne, has not come from the Father. Why some people receive more and others less? Don't ask me. What I can say, what I can say is this, that there is abundance of grace in Christ Jesus to be received by every person that wants to. And if we receive that abundance of grace, we will reign in life more than death reigned. And that is the challenge for this morning. Can you unlock the grace that is in Christ Jesus over your life, over my life? No one else can do it for you and me. No one can do it for Cassie, but Cassie. And no one can do it for Ruan, but Ruan. No one can do it for JJ or or anyone else, but we ourselves. You need to find the grace for your life, but there's lots. Let's look for it. Good. One more verse. And for now I'm going to land. Maybe two. <laughs> Colossians 1.14 In whom we have redemption. How that, how's that? Okay, let, let, me, let me just read the previous verse you, <laughs> because it's a long time ago. So verse 13 went this. He, the Beacon Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Verse 14 In whom... We have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. I won't get past this. So, so here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, Henny and Elmery and myself, we were speaking the last week on what it means to be redeemed. All right? So Henny is not allowed to answer and Elmery not either. Okay. But for the rest of us, let's do the consideration. What does it mean... To redeem something, what do we understand? What is the definition of redeem? He in whom we have redemption. So we need to understand what is to redeem. Okay, good, good example. Anyone? Eugene? Who redeems? VJ? Bernadette. Okay, redeem is like do a makeover of the old shoes. Is that are we there? Okay, anyone else redeeming something? Yeah, you can okay answer it. you you redeem loyalty points. Okay, so what is it? You've got points means nothing. You bring it in, you get something. Okay. Reset button to drag. Okay, here's here's redeem. Redeem is by implication, I have sold something at a pawn shop, it's my phone or my iPad, and before I can have it back, I need to give the owner money to buy my own thing back, okay? It's my iPad, all right? But unless... Uh, You know what happens at a pawn shop? You bring your valuables, very valuable, they give you money, little money. Okay? Then they say, okay, if you bring us the little money and a little bit extra back, we'll give you very valuable. Back to you. All right? That's how it, it, it means. Redeem means I am coming... And buying back something which has gotten out of our possession, which I do not have anymore. Um, in the in the in the days of Israel, um, people who used to who used to go into poverty for some reason would sell their land. They would sell their children sometimes. They would sell their. It was like it was like the, the creditor was taking everything, and they were bleeding to death. But then, if they had the rich uncle, right? Who says, no, 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 no. It's not going to go like that in my family. Where's my uh, cousin's uh, land? Okay, here's the money for it. Where are his children? Here's the money for it. Then what he has become, he has become the redeemer. I am buying back something which has gone into slavery. uh, That has gone into the possession of some creditor who legally owns it can i just say it might be a raw deal but it's legal okay it might be a bad deal but it's not stolen it's it's stolen maybe in the in the way the deal was set up but it's still a legal deal <laughs> a legal thief it's a legal thief that's right that's that's exactly that's exactly what the devil all the time the, 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 the devil can challenge us and steal from our lives in an illegal way, but he can never steal illegally from God. Okay? The only way he can steal from God is legally. That is what he's done. He's stolen legally through Adam. But in whom we have redemption, we have in Jesus the buying back of that which was lost. Now, obviously, the question is, what was lost? there was a lot that was lost um, at the fall. But one of the things that was lost is our ability to relate to the Father. Another thing that was lost was our identity. Another thing that was lost was our calling. Another thing that was lost was our ability to relate with one another. Another thing that was lost was just our view of creation and our ability to manage what we were supposed to. And we can continue and continue and continue. Of the, the the huge loss that happened. And in Christ, everything was brought back. Now, the dilemma is, we were born into the fallen component. And the only world that we know is being in captivity. And if you would... I have an eagle that is born into captivity, a small eaglet, for some miraculous way, gets hatched and born. And he's always in the cage. Even if you take away the cage outside of him, he's got a cage inside of him. What is that? He never knew something different. And for us, we need to learn to fly in Jesus. Because we were not born there. Every one of us has got spaces where God wants us to go, which we thought we never could. Because that's just not how it is. I'm a caged bird. Caged birds don't fly. Or if they fly, it's just low and short. From this to there and back. So there's something in our God, when He is Redeemer, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of our sin, there is something when you need to spread your wings in the spiritual realm and say, God, how does Cassie look like in your heart? How does Lulu look like in your heart? How does Davi look like in your heart? And how does one do the flying thing? Because if I get it, there's available much more than what death reigned. The side of heaven. If you think death reigned, there's much more. I'm not going to force the issue. I'm just going to land here. Lord Jesus, we haven't got the faintest idea of how great our God is. And the things that you've prepared for those who love you. But Lord, we want to say we love you. And somehow we want to reach into who you are. I pray that you will grant every one of us access by faith into the grace. Praise your name. I pray for a work of the Spirit. Oh Lord. That will unlock the wings. In the way that you see unlocking. I know that one of the greatest clippings of a caged bird is his inability to love. I know we're so, so impaired in our ability to love like our origin. And it should not be like that. And so we ask for these birds to love like the Father and to dream the dreams of our brother, to soar with him. There's just no one like you, Jesus. The image of the Father. We bless you, Jesus. I pray for a captivation in us like we have not been captivated by the person of God, by the person of the Father and the person of the Son. And the person of the Spirit, captivate us. We want to say legally, Lord, captivate me. I want to live life captivated by you. Eyes for you. And being captivated by looking at you, I will be free with regards to the rest. Maybe you are listening here this morning and, 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 and you think like, what on earth? is he talking about? I do not know. Maybe you've never um, 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 experienced an opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, here's my life. Let it be all for you. And if that's you and you say, Lord Jesus, I want to be found in you. I want to I be in you. I, I, I want to, to some extent, come into you. There is blood that says you are welcome if you want to. And the I want to needs to be communicated. If you want to say a yes, then raise your hand that I can pray with you. If there's something that you want to respond to, then you just just in some way say, Lord Jesus, I want to. Lord, and, and as you see these hands, Lord, I pray God that you would come alongside everyone. And receive their yes in their silent, in that moment. And I pray, Lord, that you would work a work that has never been before. That you will unleash. That you will give wings. That you personally will dwell within and teach. Like only God can. Bless you for that, Jesus. Please be exalted, Lord.
0: Amen. Thanks, Gussie. I um want to encourage you to go spend uh, a lovely time in Colossians this week. Um, I'm gonna diff. We need this to wash over our minds, eh? I think that uh, we've been reborn, but we weren't born in that place for all the years, and so our minds need to be renewed. Uh, thanks, Gus. It was just delightful, really. That's good. Guys, have a great day. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Uh, is it International Women's Day, né? Or National Women's Day? So enjoy that. <laughs> you must have a blessed day.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.